Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And I'm Jennifer Wilson. Hey, JJ. So glad to see you today. Thank you. You too. You know, we've been talking about how to prepare a resume yes. uh, these weeks on Viewpoint as we're studying the New Testament book of James. We all understand that we live in a world of economic challenge. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking for a job, the first thing you have to do is just kind of get a sense of yourself. Yeah. And that's what a resume does. It forces us to look at who we are, where we've been, and where we want to go. I mean, a, a strong resume is one that clearly says, this is where I want to go, right. and this is where I've been, this is who I am, and what I think I can do. But it's hard sometimes to create a resume, it isn't it? It is. It's hard to look at your life and kind of see where those value points are. You know, we can list or maybe go back through a timeline of these are things that I've done, but um, what did you accomplish in, the, in that setting? And how has my life been focused? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a resume can betray the fact that we've just wandered all over the map. Yeah. And, and when a resume really comes together, it's when our lives are going somewhere and they're kind of on a path with a destination. And today, JJ, as we're thinking about that, it's a great frame for a resume for life because a resume in a job application often is just the tip of the iceberg that might describe the resume of our whole lives. And as we're looking at the scripture, as we're thinking about James, a phenomenal voice for helping us to focus and to set our priorities. I think it'll be very useful, whether we're applying for a job or just trying to figure out where we are in life, to think about focusing. When we come back, let's dive into this book of James and see where he helps us focus life and ambition. There are lots of books in the New Testament, J.J. Yes, 27 to be in. And uh, those books have been written by several different authors, the Mm -hmm. Apostle Paul famously. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes, those Gospels. And there is also James. Yes. James. Now, which James is that? This would be, they believe, the brother of Jesus. And when you say the brother of Jesus... That means he probably had the same mom, yes, but not the same dad. No. Because Jesus was conceived supernaturally, we believe, by the Holy Spirit. Yes. But Mary, his mother, was married ultimately to Joseph, yes. and they had children together. Mm-hmm. And we think that James, who authored this New Testament book, is the same James who became the leader of the church in Jerusalem, who is the same James who was the half-brother of Jesus, who was the same James who didn't seem to believe much in him, Until he died and rose from the dead. And when James, according to 1 Corinthians, the brother of Jesus, saw the resurrected Jesus, his heart was turned, and he then became a devoted follower. So much so that he opens his letter that bears Mm -hmm. his name with a sense that he is a slave of. He is completely subordinate to his master, his Lord, Jesus Christ. Boy, I just have to stop and think... What a remarkable journey James, the half-brother of Jesus, had, and how he had to adjust his own thinking. All of us have to adjust our thinking when we meet Jesus and acknowledge Mm -hmm. him as Lord. But it might have been even more challenging for someone who had grown up in the same house. Just because there's always a little bit of sibling rivalry in life, there's always a bit of the naked reality of what it's like to be at home with someone. And this James, he understood that for all of that, Jesus was Lord. 
He writes in his book about uh, life. He writes in a very direct way. It's very straightforward, sometimes blunt. Some people don't like this book very much because it is so, so direct. And as we think about resumes for life, he speaks directly about how our resume should have focus. And lest you might think that that's just James' idea, if you're writing a resume for a job, it better have some focus yes, too. Yes. In fact, Monster.com, which is a, a company in this world that successfully helps people find work, yes. they've posted online some ideas about things not to put on your resume. Right, things not to do when you're writing a resume. And one of those things is don't go on too long or cut things too short. You know, there, there's that sense of there's the right amount of words to be able to say something. And sometimes that takes time to just kind of parse it down. Of course. To take what we wrote on the first paragraph and make it into a sentence. Mm -hmm. But a strong resume is one that gets right to the point, just like the book of James. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, he writes with precision and clarity, and in just a few short chapters, he sums up life. What's the next thing Monster.com says about don't put this on your resume? A bad objective. And that's that part right at the top where you kind of, your goal, what, what, you're, what you're shooting for in, in your job search, um, the kind of position that you're, you're headed towards or what you, what you want to accomplish. And when we say a bad objective, we might say one that's too fuzzy or too vague. Mm-hmm. Be precise, be specific. Uh, don't just run all over the world and leave someone wondering, well, what do they really want? They actually use the word puffery. (laughs) Puffery. There's a great word that Monster.com has said we should not include in our resume. And when you're reading the book of James, you're not going to see any puffery. No. There's no incidental or peripheral content. It goes straight to the heart of things. And today, JJ, as we read in chapter one of the book of James, I think we're going to come to the end of the chapter with a very precise focus for any resume in life. We think that the book of James was written about 50 years after Jesus was born. That's a long time ago, 20 centuries almost, and yet it still speaks with astonishing clarity today. Let's read the last part of James chapter 1, JJ. I'll take it from verse 13, and then you pick it up at verse 21. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else to do so. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. This is verse 21. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. And remember, it's a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. For if you just listen and don't obey, it's like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, 
And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. A lot of ground covered right there, J.J. Mm -hmm. And before we get to the primary focus of the text, let's just observe that James reminds us that our lives can be distracted by many things. There are the temptations that are all around us. And if you don't know how to discipline yourself to turn away from the left or the right that would detour you from your appointed course to your righteous end, if you're not sure how to be able to negotiate a world that's forever chirping in our ears, trying to lead us this way or that away from God, well, then you're never going to have a resume worth putting on the table. He also talks about how we have to be careful about what we say. Yes, and how we yes. act, oh. actions and words. I mean, both of them matter. And again, we can be distracted with our actions. We've been distracted with our words. Our tongues can destroy. Our disobedience can cause all kinds of havoc. Our resumes can be just a mess if we too don't many words, learn how to focus. Too many pufferies. Too many pufferies. That's right. And you know, also, like, he talks in verse 19 there about being quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry. And I do think that, and he'll he'll talk more about this, that really is key to the presentation of ourselves, to our interactions with people. Um, We were talking about resumes, but we could get to the interview process too, uh, that how how you speak and how you wait to speak says a lot. Absolutely. In fact, if you want to have a chance at a great job, be sure you demonstrate that you know how to listen and that you're slow to anger, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because those are very attractive characteristics when someone is hiring. But at the end of this chapter, in that last verse, JJ, James helps us focus on the objective. That's the thing that we put at the top of our resume, the resume for life. Where should we be focused? One of the most famous passages in all the New Testament is found right here in the book of James at the end of chapter 1. It's a clarion call for faith, for religion, for the pursuit of God and the fulfillment in life. It helps us summarize with great precision just what walking with God is really all about. And JJ, let's read that verse one more time. What does verse 27 in James chapter 1 say? Pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. There are just two things in this passage that really jump to the front of the line. Two objects in life. One is to help those who are in need. Mm -hmm. Widows and orphans represent, I think, all those who are in distress, those who are in desperate straits, who may not be able to provide for themselves or help themselves, people who find themselves oppressed, uh, downtrodden, uh, not sure where to turn, marginalized. Focusing on coming alongside and helping people who cannot in the moment know how to help themselves, that is religion. It's about faith. It's about how we find God. It's about what God's doing and us joining him in that. Exactly. We discover God when we come alongside and own his heartbeat too. The things that move God should move us. Mm -hmm. And if you read the scripture, it's clear. If you follow in the footsteps of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's clear. 
His heart is tuned to those who have heart cries. How often did he hear the, the blind man that was off to the side of the road or the, the short tax collector up in the tree did he see? How often did he go out of his way to find the people who were trying not to be around other people or who weren't allowed to be around other people? From those who were clothed by guilt and shame mm-hmm. to those who were distanced from their communities because of leprosy mm-hmm. to those who just did not know what to do and laid by the pool until someone yes. might help them. These were the people to whom Jesus was drawn. This is the way in which he lived out the great commandments, loving God with your whole self and your neighbor as yourself. What the scripture tells us, the sum of all the law and the prophets, it's all reduced right here again by James in this language, Mm -hmm. that we should be focused on helping those who are in need. This is not to say that we should not be in a community of believers because in order to actually effectively help others, we need to also be sustained and nourished and be part of a team. And we are called to work with others. It's important and necessary that we be in communion and in fellowship with other believers. But those believers also better be missional in their thinking. And this is where the focus must be. There's a second focus in the verse too, though, and that is that we should not be corrupted by this world, Mm -hmm. that the desires of this world should not take our eyes off the ball as we're trying to help those in need. And it's so easy for that to happen, isn't it? Yes. It's so easy to think, oh, yeah, sure, sure, I'll help those people. But first, I need to, you know, I need to get this thing. I need to have this thing. I need to maintain this thing. That's probably the biggest thing that that I bump into. It's not necessarily that I'm trying to acquire all these things, but I have to maintain uh, some things. And if I just didn't even have those items, systems, whatever it is, then I might be freed up. You know, JJ, my wife and I lost our house to a fire, and uh, I made a vow as I walked away from the charred remain of my house that I would never collect so much stuff ever again. (laughs) And you know what? It's a struggle because there's something about life that causes us to aggregate things that we really don't need. And the desire of this world, and it's not just about things. It could be about status or fame or fortune, even relationships that are not properly framed. We could long for these things, and we have to be careful that we do not allow those to take us away from our highest calling, which is to help others in Jesus' name. We all need to understand that Jesus is Lord, and James did. And even as he writes this, it's within the lens that Jesus is my master and Lord. And when we surrender our lives into the hands of Jesus, when we allow him to make our minds like his own, when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds in Christ, well, I can't help but believe that this focus that James has articulated will then become our own. And at the top of every resume of every believer, this should be the object, that we are helping change the world, that we are helping provide relief to those in distress who are helpless and hopeless, and that we are ourselves doing so and not being detoured by the temptations of this world. Jim, I want to suggest a very practical exercise for people that might be listening today that, that really are looking for a job. They, they're, they're trying to decide what it is I should do to earn an income for my family or whatever, is that they, they literally write out all the things that they do, have done. They just make, just don't, don't do anything, just write it all out, and then begin to prioritize that. And if they would take this verse, James 1.27, and put it right at the top and let, let it be sort of a filter, you know, for everything, they might be able to create this resume and, and really focus in 
on, on job areas in, in their community, on um, positions that, that really are going to not only make a difference for that community, but be very fulfilling and sustaining for their own life. And we may find that when we put all the cards on the table, so to speak, that we'll leave some behind because they're yes. not congruent with our chief object. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get there if we don't put all the cards on the table. Where does our money go? How is our time invested? What are we doing with ourselves? What's a week look like on my calendar? And how does that match up to this, the focus of God's resume for life? Wherever you are in life, no matter what your challenge, no matter what your stretching point, no matter what your opportunity, we want you to know that you can be focused and that you can be focused in a way that brings joy in the deepest part of your being and blesses the world around you, just like James has described. Take a step with us in that direction as you look at your own life and begin to assess what lines up with this objective and what does not. Take a step with us right now in prayer as we all look at our own lives and match it to God's objectives. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know everything about us and you love us just the same. And sometimes, Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves. And help us now as we think about going forward in life, developing a resume perhaps for a new job or even just looking at the way in which we should live. Help us, Lord, to be able to see our lives in their totality, to be able to put everything on a table and to understand what lines up with your objects and what does not. Help us to be focused and to not be detoured, not to let the peripherals and incidentals of this world, the temptations of this world, take us away from the reasons for which we were created. Open our eyes to the widows and orphans, to the ones in need around us this week. And before seven days pass, help us all be able to understand where we might invest some time and energy in the pursuit of real religion, genuine religion, lasting faith in a way that pleases you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. And we offer it in Jesus' name that we might be his followers and more like him. Amen. If you'd like to know more about this Jesus who has made a way and has modeled for us a way in this world, If you'd like to know more about God and how he can come alongside in your life, wherever you are, whatever your challenges might be, give us a call. Just dial this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, we're always by the phone and we're so glad to hear from you. Perhaps you're online searching for a job. You can find us at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry, and you can send us an email, and we will respond. Or if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you choose to reach out to us by phone, by email, or by post, please let us hear from you this week. JJ, thanks for diving once more into the book of James with us here at Viewpoint. Hey, sure thing. Thanks for helping us bring clarity to that resume for life that Mm -hmm. all of us need to construct. And we thank you for coming alongside also. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to unfold the pages of this magnificent work, this very clear call to life and to the best resume you can make in the book of James. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.